Daniel. A lot of people know the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story. If you know the Bible, they know about the fiery furnace, and they know about all that. Rodney, 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 I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Bro, no, bro, I'm working. All right, all right. So if you know if you know the book of Daniel, what you what you may not know though, it, it starts off, it starts off with the nation of Israel getting taken into captivity. All right. And so now Israel, this once free nation, now becomes slaves. And King Nebuchadnezzar decides he's going to take a handful of these now slaves. He's going to take the best, the brightest, right? And he's going to bring them into the castle because he wants to train them up to be good slaves, right? He wants them to be educated slaves. He wants them to be smart slaves. So Daniel is one of those slaves that he brings into the house. They change his name right on the spot. Like, well, you can't have a Jewish name. You know, you can't have a, a Hebrew name. We got to give you another name. And so they change his name, something with like five, six syllables, something like 18 letters, right? And they tell him all of this stuff. And then the king says, okay, well, these slaves, they're going to eat from my table. All right? And Daniel says in verse 11, let me find it. In verse 11, it says, Daniel, Daniel said to the guard, well, let me back up. Daniel said in verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and the wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So this story brought to life something that modern Christians do right now, which is called a Daniel fast. All right. And so I'm going to rewind my own story and I'm going to share a story with you Back in 2000, uh, 2012, I was sitting in a classroom. I was a third grade teacher at the time. And I felt God telling me, I had started Straight Street this in 2009, right? But I went back to the classroom. I was teaching and stuff. But I felt God calling me, you know, your, your, your ministry is waiting for you. You know, it's not that being a teacher was bad. It's just I felt God was like pulling me away from teaching. But I was like, man, I just went to school and did all this stuff. This is like my second teaching gig. And, and, and is God really calling me to do this? So a couple of friends in my church and my, my friend and his wife, he was thinking about making some some power moves. And my wife and I, you know, we're wrestling with this decision. Should I actually leave teaching? He says, well, let's do the Daniel fast. All right. And I'm like, what's the Daniel fast? And he's like, we're not going to we're going to abstain from everything. Abstain from sugar, abstain from meat abstain and I was so fine with that until he said abstain from coffee and I was like what all right abstain from coffee I'll never forget the first day I stopped drinking that cup of coffee oh man all right and and we did the Daniel fast for 28 days I prayed for him and his situation he prayed for me and my situation now I wish I could say at the end of the 28 days I had a solid answer God didn't open up the sky and said leave teaching right but I felt a peace about the decision that I was making. I knew in my heart I had to leave teaching. It was time and I was gonna step away from it, right? But my wife and I had decided we had felt so good, so healthy for the first time in such a long time, you know, stripping down our diet, removing excess stuff, not eating fast food, not eating at restaurants, just, just whole grains, vegetables, right? beans, water, and we felt so good. We said, let's see how long we can keep going. Eight years passed and my wife and I hadn't eaten meat. 
Now, I cheated. All right, my, my, my wife, after eight years, I just needed a chicken wing, I'm sorry. Wings just smell so good. I was like, oh gosh, help me. So my wife still abstains, right, from, from eating meat. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a vegetarian-ish, uh, ish, all right? It depends on what's cooking, let's be real. It depends on what's in the pot. Uh, but for the most part, I, I, I abstain from meat, but I'll eat meat maybe once or twice a month. But I can't go backwards, right? Because the benefit of eating less junk, like I, I couldn't go back to being normal and eating all kinds of stuff anymore because I felt the benefit. Like I lived the reward, right? And, and this is kind of why this Daniel fast exists because Daniel said the same thing to the guy. He was like, listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna eat the, the king's fancy stuff. I'm not gonna eat his roast pig. I'm not gonna eat his, 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 maybe he had a chocolate fountain. I don't know what he had, I don't, I don't know, right? But he's like, I'm not gonna eat it. But he tells the guy, he said, listen, in verse 12, he says, please test your servants for 10 days, he says. He says, give us nothing but vegetables and water to drink. And then compare us, compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. It says in verse 15 that at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine and they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Okay? So, That's, that's the whole foundation behind the Daniel fast, right? Now, I'm not trying to tell y'all about fasting, but he, here's what I want to share with you. The, the key word in this whole passage is the word defile, right? Daniel's looking at the king's spread. And he's a king. So you could just imagine what was on that table. We got to use our imagination, right? And he looked at this whole spread and he says, you know what? I might want this, but I don't need it. And you might take my freedom, you might take my name, but you can't defile what's inside of me. My personal choice, my health, or my faith. And Daniel prospered in this. If you read through the book of Daniel, He's an amazing man, amazing faith. In the face of the worst adversity, he thrived, right? The king, if, if you read through the story, the king collapsed, collapsed under his own excess because his excess fueled his ego and his ego fueled his demise. And so the lesson here is really simple. It, it's just less is more. Less is more. I'm wearing a shirt today because some kids raised some money for the mission work that we do in Brazil. And, and when I went over to Brazil for the first time, back in 2012, my heart broke in like a million pieces. I'm watching kids with nothing. Families living in 
uh, uh, I can't even uh, I can't even describe what it was what what it was that I saw and, and it's and it's not much better. So so we go down there and we 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 level whatever it is that they that they're living in and we build a fully sustainable house for them. So we've been doing that since 2016, right? But when I got down there, it's like you, you see these kids and you look at them and you want to have pity for them. You want to feel like, you know, sad for them. But and, and it's, it's hard to say what I'm going to say and I, and I got to kind of choose the words carefully, but they're better off than we are. Let me tell you why. I see kids that as soon as the sun comes up, they come outside and they're hanging out with their boys and they're hanging out with their boys until the sun sets. There's no video games. There's no distraction. I'm looking at these little kids and I'm like, they're gonna be friends for life. They got each other's back. I used to remember what that used to look like, but my kids will never know that. I look at their parents. And I look at their struggle. I look at their hurt. I look at their pain. But then I see their joy. Because there's nothing to distract them from their faith. There's nothing that keeps them away from Jesus. Not cable. Right? Not cars. Not credit card debt. Not, not, not agendas. Not unnecessary schedules it's them and it's God and when they pray a prayer that says give us today our daily bread they mean that they need that and so their faith is stripped down and they don't clog their minds and they don't clog their time with the things that they want because they're too busy praying for the things they need and being grateful when they receive it. And I, and I, and I, I think about them down there and I think about this story about Daniel and I think about the concept that less is more. Let me tell you something. Less friends is better than more friends. Why? Because less friends means less influence Good or bad, right? And less input into your life, what you got going on. Dare I say it, less money. Less money means less crap. They got people stressing out, why? Oh, my boat needs a new boat. Your what needs a what? You can't sleep at night because you got to work harder to buy an engine for a boat. You got a boat, bro? <laughs> bro, you got a boat. Right? Less money means certain things ain't important. Upgrading that phone ain't important. My wife got a Note 8. They ain't even updating that anymore. I'm like, babe, come on. She's like, no, it works fine. Right? Less of a schedule. People are busy because they're working to pay for the crap that they don't need in the beginning and they're running around answering emails and they're on the phone and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing this and they're like, you pray today? Oh man, what day is it? You read your Bible? 
I don't even know where that thing is. Have you spent time with God? Well, you see what had happened was. See. We live a life of excess. And those of us that don't live a life of excess live a life of jealousy. Because we live a life of comparison. And it's easy to look at what you don't have when you can look over the fence and see what everybody else got. And we forget what we do have, which is most important to us. Give us our day, this day, our daily bread. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that, in that prayer, when, when Jesus told that and he said, this is how you should pray, give us this day, our daily bread. He's going back to where the Israelites were in the book of Exodus where they did not know where food was going to come from. And God said, every day, bread is going to fall from the sky. And I want you to only, what? Take what you need for the day. Because tomorrow is another day. And if I tell you, you'll have more tomorrow, guess what? There will be more tomorrow. So, why add worry till tomorrow? This is what he's saying. That's just more. Worry about today. Trim it down. So, again, this is like a hard conversation to have with you guys because I don't know some of you in, in a bad way. I know, you know, and it's hard for me to, to tell you, you know, that you do better with less. But it does beg the question, it does. What is God trying to teach you right now? What is God trying to show you about you right now. In 2012, when I, when I left, when I walked out of that classroom, I walked away from a job, I walked away from a 401k, I walked away from everything. And I remember the summer passed and I was sitting on my bed and I was like, well, <laughs> what am I gonna do now? And then the phone rang. And it was a guy. He was like, PJ, you still feeding the homeless? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you think you could teach them some stuff? I was like, heck yeah. He said, let's start a contract company. And let's flip houses. I said, all right. And for 18 months, we did just that. Took guys off the street, taught them how to tile, taught them how to paint, how to do electrical. We flipped six houses a month for 18 months. I gave over 30 guys an opportunity to have a job and to do good. Sadly, not everybody did. 
But by the grace of God, some did. I ain't going to give you the data on that. But in that time, God gave me what I needed. He responded to the burden of my heart just to come out here and help y'all. He allowed me to provide jobs for people that didn't have it. And it didn't last forever. But when that day ended, another day began. And so, there was a lot I had to learn in that time. Because I was hungry for a while. I mean, I know I look hungry, but that's not, that's not the point. That's not the point. But there was a lot I had to strip away in that time. And, and this is the thing. I always recognize that when there's a hard time, there's a lesson in it. Every time there's a hard time, it's not because you're cursed. It's not because God has turned his back on you. It's not because you're being ignored. It's not because you deserve. It's because there's something for you to learn from it. There is always a lesson in the less. I didn't know that was going to come out like that, but it sounded good. I'm going to say it again. There is always a lesson in the less. That's why it's spelled that way. So what is God trying to teach you in your season of less? Maybe he's trying to teach you you're stronger than you think you are. Maybe he's trying to teach you that there's capabilities that you don't even know that you have yet. Maybe he's trying to teach you that it's time for you to get rid of some people in your life. Maybe he's trying to teach you that there's some baggage, whether that be emotional, spiritual, that you need to get rid of. Maybe he's trying to tell you that you need to stop spending your day doing a bunch of nonsense and spend it on your knees in prayer. I think in every day, in every way, he's just trying to teach us to scale it down and to make it about him first. So my prayer for all of us today is that we would walk away just remembering that. Less is more. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's pray and we're going to start this meal, man. I thank y'all for your time. I appreciate it. I really do. God, I thank you. I thank you so much for, for, for again, you, you know, we just open up your word and, and we can read what it says. But, but if, we, if we sit in it, it just means so much to each of us, so, so many different things to each and every one of us. So I thank you for today what you've revealed in this story to me, Lord. Lord, I thank you for our friends that are sitting here, and I know some of them are just, just came here to eat. <laughs> but I thank you for their patience anyway. Yep. Lord, I thank you that your word will pierce the hardest heart. That your love will break down the most ignorant, the most selfish, the most hostile. And you will draw them closer to you in your time. And so we thank you for that patience. We thank you for this opportunity to play our part that none should perish, 
but that all might come to see you face to face one day. Lord, we thank you for your son who died to give us an opportunity to live and live again and live again, giving us brand new opportunities to come to you every single day. We thank you for that grace. We thank you for that mercy. And we pray this all in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you all so much. Thank you. This podcast was recorded live and uncut at our homeless food share events. To learn more about Straight Street, visit our website at straightst.org.